We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. We are starting a new series this morning that's going to help direct us over the next few weeks and it's going to provide the blueprint for what we're building in St. Martin's C3 this whole year. So you've come at the right morning. You've uh, come to, to get on board right at the start. Before we get to that, I want us to talk a little bit about who we are as St. Martin's C3. Uh, we have a key team, and in the past we called this team our elders, who prayerfully wrestle with who we are as a church. They're made up of Ali Barre, <coughs> excuse me, Tom Cox, Catherine Den, David Donaldson, Warren Gooman, Chris Hurst, myself, Lyndon Onslow, and Fraser Scott. Our key team spent all of last year... 2023, attempting to put into words what we believe God is doing in us and through us. And we've come up with a few different ways of expressing that. We're going to talk about some of these in the coming weeks. The first one that we want to look at is we've come up with a statement that we believe encapsulates our vision. From our Sunday services to our youth ministries, to Cameo, to Total Rock, our connect groups, our mission, our youth, our communication. When we see this happening, we know we are doing what God has called us to do. And here it is. At St. Martin C3, our vision is what we want to see is Christ transforming our lives, Christ transforming those around us. That's our vision statement. Our focus is always on Jesus, first of all, and the work that he is doing in the world. As we submit our lives to him, we are transformed. We recognize that we've fallen and that we need someone to fix us. We need to be transformed. And that person is Jesus. All the broken parts of our lives can be made new. He wants to work in us and change us from the inside out. We're saved by the work of Jesus on the cross and are in the process of seeing our whole life redeemed, all of our lives. Isn't that good news? That's what we want to see, that if you've come here and you're going, what's this church thing about? Well, it's about Christ transforming your life, bringing your life in submission to him and seeing him transform you. But this renewal process isn't just about us. It's about what God wants to do through us as well, Christ transforming those around us. We are the vehicles to see Christ transforming the world around us. It's our heart to see the people God has placed in our lives, our friends, our family, our workmates, and this St. Martin's area transformed by Christ. We want to see people with strong families, strong marriages, healthy ways of thinking. We want to see relationships restored. We want to see this love of Christ touching every person that God has placed in proximity to us as individuals, and especially our St. Martin's area. And we want to see all of them come into a, a living relationship with Jesus. That's what we're about as St. Martin's C3. Christ transforming our lives, Christ transforming those around us. Does that sound good? Does that sound clear? Yep, that's, that's good. Makes it really clear. You turn up to a connect group. 
Uh, you know, you're not there just to swap recipes. You're there to have Christ transform your life and Christ transform those around us. You do a mission, you know that's what you're about. Christ transforming your life, Christ transforming those around us. And now, like I said, there's more to talk about here. We've got some values we'd love to talk through. Uh, we've got a mission statement we'd love to unpack with you as well. But we'll deal with that in coming weeks. But the reason I want to bring it up this morning is because it all ties into our new series. And we begin by considering what this thing called life is all about. When I was younger, uh, I worked in a supermarket. I worked at Pack and Save in Richmond. Anyone been to Pack and Save in Richmond? Yeah, a few people. Yeah, yeah, maybe you went to Kyteria over the summer and, and you came into Richmond and went to Pack and Save. Uh, some, nights, some nights at that supermarket were a bit quiet, so we didn't do a lot of work. So one night, a workmate and I went around asking all the staff, from the butchery to the deli to the checkouts, what is the meaning of life? It's a diverse group of people to ask, and we came up with uh, all sorts of answers. Someone said to be happy. Someone else said to have as many great experiences as you can. Someone was quite noble and said to make the world a better place. Great answers. And let's pause for a second. How would you answer that question? What is the purpose of life? Think about that for a second. How would you sum it up? What would you say? The purpose of life, how would you put it into words? Well, we came to a guy who worked in the seafood section, whom I'd known from a few years back, because he went to my Christian primary school. As far as I knew, though, he wasn't actually walking with God. So when we asked him what's the purpose of life, I thought he'd probably say something like to have fun or, or to enjoy it. But he said, he looked at me, and even though we weren't really that close anymore, he said, you know what the purpose of life is, John T? He said, it's to know Jesus and to follow him with your life. And I was like taken aback by this, because the guy I was asking this with wasn't a Christian, and it was quite a bold statement of faith. I didn't think he was even walking with God that much. Regardless of where my friend was in his relationship with God, his answer was good. Our purpose in life is found when we know Jesus and follow him with our lives. And there's a, a word for that. There's a process for that. It's called discipleship called being a disciple of Jesus. And that's why we are starting a series over the next few weeks called Discipleship Explored, where we explore this idea of discipleship. Now, discipleship was the mission that Jesus gave to the church. Matthew 28, verse 18. This is Jesus just before he ascends into heaven. He comes and he gathers together with his disciples and uh, some of them still doubted, but many of them worshipped him. And then he comes and he speaks to them and he tells his disciples, I've been given authority, all, all, all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. A disciple is a student of the master. They seek to emulate them in all they teach and all they do. And if you have a look at your devotional notes this week, we unpack this idea of discipleship. That is the purpose 
of our lives. To be a disciple, to make disciples, Christ transforming our lives, Christ transforming the world around us. But as we reflect on this thing of discipleship, we need to know, well, how are we going on that? You might go, yes, discipleship. Yeah, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. But do you know how well you're doing? One time, I went, some, I went fishing with some friends of mine at Cable Bay in Nelson. We had two inflatable rafts, uh, one big one and one smaller one. Four of my friends were in the big raft. I was in the little raft, which was towed behind it. And uh, I had it all to myself. It was, was quite good. And we got quite far out in the bay, and my friends and I, we put our fishing lines out. But unfortunately, fishing hooks and inflatable boats are not a great combination. And they heard the one sound you do not want to hear on an inflatable boat. There was a hole in their boat. Quickly, quickly, they went, oh, no, we're going to have to get out of here. They, they packed up their, gu- their gear and started rowing towards the closest piece of sand, which was a long way from where we'd started. They only had two paddles, though. And so it was this really comical scene. I was sitting in the back boat, so I got a really good view of this. They're kind of panicking, and they're doing this, but all they're really doing is scooping up water and splashing the person behind them who's also trying to, to paddle. And they, they did as best as they could. They went as fast they could, but 20 metres from shore, their boat sank. It went down, and unfortunately they were wearing uh, life um, jackets, which you should always do, of course. Uh, and then some of them came along, and they swam up to my boat, and they're like, can we get in your boat? And I did the really Christian thing, and I pushed them back in the water and said, swim, it's good for you. This is God, you're building character in your life. And they uh, eventually made it onto the shore, and I lazily just sort of floated on up. But we found ourselves on a distant shore. And when that happens, when you find yourself somewhere, what do you do about it? Well, you need to answer three questions. First question is, where should I be? The second question is, where am I right now? And the third question is, how do I get from here to there? See, we were uh, standing on that that shore and we could see that if we just went over a ridge and then coasted around, we could see the destination. We knew it was that direction. And then uh, we could also see sort of how far it was. What's the distance between us and there? And we knew how to get there. It was going to be demanding. It was going to take a lot of work. But off we went. To know we have achieved our purpose, the purpose of our lives, to know Jesus, to follow him, to be his disciple, we need to know where we're going, we need to know where we are, and we need to know how to get there. So, part of this process, a subgroup of of elders, Warren Fraser, Lyndon and myself, sat down to wrestle with this idea of discipleship. As we did, we came across a framework to help us know what good discipleship looks like. I'm going to put it up on the screen here. Good discipleship is relational. According to Bryant Myers, God has given us four fundamental relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with ourself, our relationship with others, and our relationship with the world, the rest of creation. These relationships are the building blocks of life. 
When they're functioning properly, humans experience the fullness of life that God intended because we're being what God created us to be. These relationships represent everything Jesus taught. You know, He said, go teach them everything that I've taught. If you break it down, he's really talking about wholeness in these four relationships. And wholeness in those relationships is what the destination of discipleship looks like. It's what Christ transforming our lives and Christ transforming those around us looks like. We can see what our destination looks like, okay? So discipleship is our destination, and it's this whole relationship with God. Wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, this whole relationship with ourself, then with the others around us, and with our world. Now, we need to know where we are. Are we close to that? Or are we a long way off? To help us discover that, we have designed a self-evaluation tool that we would like you to fill out today, right now. We've come up with five statements in each of these relationship areas and how much you identify with them will tell you exactly where you are at on this journey. So we've got up on the screen here now a QR code. I'm going to test your technological skills just a little bit. If you have a phone, most phones will automatically, if you open your camera and scan it, will take you through straight to this survey. If that's too much for you, then we have three other ways to access it. Uh, the first one is we do have a St. Martin C3 app. We only just discovered before the service that if you're on an Android, this survey apparently doesn't turn up on the app, but if you're on an iPhone, you are the blessed few, uh, the blessed ones, and you will see that you can access the app via, uh, sorry, the survey via our app. The other way you can access it is you can go to our website, stmartinc3.org slash events, and there is a link on there directly to the survey. Uh, our preference is for you to fill it out electronically as it gives us some helpful overall trends. Though we can't see how any one person has answered, all right? You're, we're not going to be looking and seeing, oh, Trevor McIver, gosh. No, we can't see that. All we can see is the overall trends. And what you get at the end of doing the survey is you get an email, and that email will uh, uh, be something that shows you all of your answers. And that's important because at the end of this year, we want to do the survey again. And we want you to see if you've actually grown. Now, if electronic means are too hard for you, you can't do it. And by the way, please don't do the survey yet. We'll go through it together. Uh, you're like, oh, I'm already done. Uh, OK, I'm still explaining. We'll get there. Um, if you can't do electronic, then we do have some paper copies. Claire has got them, so can you just put your hand in the air if you need to go paper? Uh, and we've got paper and pen. We've got 20 copies, so it's the first 20. Uh, if, like I say, we'd love it if you could do it electronically. And if you, can't, uh, if you do have to do it paper-wise, and you'd love for us to be able to see the results, which is really helpful, uh, then come to us afterwards and we might just fill it in electronically as well. So please keep your hand up and Claire will pass it on. Just a note, if you're listening to this on a podcast, 
because someone's like, oh, you should really do that and listen to it because it explains so well. Uh, then we have tried to include the link to the survey on the podcast notes as well. Otherwise, stmartinc3.org slash events and go to the survey that is right there. How are we doing? Who's, who's, who's managed to get that on their phone? Oh, nicely done, people. There we go. Yes. Good group of people. Okay, we're in it. Is this all right? This is a bit different. This is not just taking content in, but hopefully this is a good opportunity to do some reflection as well. So what we're going to do is go through the sections. Don't jump ahead. Begin by putting in your email address, though. This means you get a full copy of your answers. And then we'll go to the first set of questions. And the first set of questions is about your, our relationship with God. So let's just talk about that for a second, and then we'll answer the questions. Our relationship with God is our primary relationship. The other three relationships flow out of this one. Disciples love God with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Where we're created to serve and praise our Creator through our thoughts, our words, and our actions. When we do this, we experience the presence of God as our Heavenly Father and live in a joyful, intimate relationship with Him as His children. So, what we want you to do now is to have a look at these questions. They're questions of salvation. They are questions uh, of commitment and identity. And what we've got is questions there. I'm not going to read them all out for you. But you'll see that there is a question like the first one. I've trusted in Christ to forgive my sin, committed my life to him, and declared this publicly through baptism. You might say, well, none of that, which would be a one. You might say, yeah, completely, absolutely, that would be a ten. Or you might say, I've done some of it, but maybe I'm not entirely sure. And then you can answer how you feel is appropriate. I'm not going to tell you how to answer. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you a couple of minutes to answer these questions as accurately as you can. We've left a space for a total score in the section, so you can compare and you can see out of these four relationships what area you might be strongest in and what area God might be calling you to focus on the most. So I'm going to give you a minute just to have a read of those questions and to put some responses down. Go for it. You need to do all five in that section. There's five questions in each section. Thank you for asking. Yes, five questions. Do the entire section, and then we'll move on to the next section. There's four sections.
I don't want to rush you, but I will give you just 30 more seconds. Right, hands up if you've managed to make your way through that. Bunch of people. Anyone need more time? Too bad. No, just kidding. Peter didn't think you were going to have to come to church and do quiz today. Some of you are teenagers and you're like, but I just got back to school and they make me do this sort of stuff all the time. Okay, well, let's move on to the next section. So that was our relationship with God. You can click to the next section, which is the relationship with myself, with myself. If my relationship with myself was back to the state humanity was before the fall, what would I see? I'd see a life that looks a whole lot like Jesus, a life filled with love, joy, peace, all the fruit of the Spirit. I wouldn't see sin. I would see that my identity is firmly based on what Jesus has done for me, and my thoughts are formed by his truth. So in this section, we give you the opportunity to reflect on the extent Christ-like character has been formed in you. A series of five questions there for you to have a look at. Again, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to answer these questions as accurately as you can. Sound good? Let's do that now. Go for it. Just to keep us moving, I'm going to give us 30 more seconds again. Are we close? Hands up if we've done that one. Yeah, a few people. 
Yeah? All right, let's soldier on. Let's uh, flick to the next section when you're ready. Uh, And that's our relationship with others. When Jesus was asked what's the greatest command, he identified loving God and loving others as two prongs that are connected equally and importantly. In the first two sections, we've looked uh, at our love for God, really. And the next two, we will look at our love for the world. And here, what we want to focus on specifically is our love for others in the community of faith, love for other Christians. Jesus said, your love for one another, he's talking to his disciples, will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So part of our discipleship journey is committing to God's people, striving for unity, using the resource God has given you for them, and asking them to help you grow closer to Christ. So now we're going to look at, and give you a couple of minutes to answer these questions as accurately as you can looking at our relationship with other Christians. Go for it, a couple of minutes. Okay, how are we doing? Give you another 20 seconds there. I just got one more. You're doing great. Staying with us. All right, let's flick on to that last section. Relationship with the world. The number one thing Jesus taught, as he said, you know, teach them what I've taught. The number one thing Jesus talked about was the coming of the kingdom of God. That is the life of heaven breaking into our world now and restoring all things, bringing people into relationship with him, and also seeing his life come to all things, as we talked about in our vision statement, Christ transforming those around us. We're God's hands and feet to see that happen, and it's a vital part of our discipleship journey. So these five questions uh, focus on how we are doing in our relationship with the world. So have a look at those questions. Flick some answers down. We're nearly there. You're doing great.
few people are done, I can see. Just another 30 seconds. Did anyone just answer seven for everything? Seven, 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 seven. No? That's the cop-out way to do it. I'm not sure what to put. I'll just put seven. All right, when you have done that, you can flick on to the next section. Now, the next section is totally optional, and we do want to give you some time to think about it, but you might as well do it while I'm, I'm talking anyway. What we want to know is, what is God saying to you through this process? We're asking the question, where do we need to be? Is, is wholeness in these four relationships? Uh, how are we going to... Oh, sorry, what is it? Where are we? Hopefully this assessment gives you a little bit of an idea of where you are, how far it is from the point that you are to the point that God would lead you towards. And I don't want any of us to be comparing scores with each other. That's not the point of this. It's not to look at your scores and go, gosh, look how bad I've done. Look how bad of a Christian I am. The point is, is that we take this as a moment to say, how am I now going to move forward? How am I now going to move towards what God has, me, has for me? Wholeness in these four relationships. And you can have a reflection on what God is saying to you through this process. Hopefully, it gave you, this gives you a bit to think about. Does, you agree? Is it interesting? an interesting process for you to, to think about? I see a couple of nods. and uh, Yeah, that's great. Uh, and when we see where we are and where we're going, the last thing for us to understand is how we're going to get there. Now, as part of us chatting together as a key team this year, last year, uh, we came up with four str strategic uh, aims, four strategic priorities that we want to see happen as a church. And we'll talk about the other three another time. But the one here that we want to mention to you is that over the next year or two, we want to normalize an understanding and pursuit of discipleship. And this means we want to understand more about what it means to be a disciple and make it normal for everyone to grow in these relationship areas. So here's what we're going to do. Every series we do this year will relate to one of these relationship areas. Every Sunday, we will be talking about how to grow as disciples. Every connect group, we challenge you to be honest with how you are really doing and let others help you grow. Then at the end of the year, November 24th, we've marked it in the diary, we will do the survey again. And it's our hope that you will have seen how you've grown this year, maybe even just in small ways, maybe even just in one area. I think it's going to be an exciting year as we seek to unpack this. Like my friends and I trapped on the beach, it will take a lot of work to move towards the destination. But when we marched up to our vehicles, we knew it was worth it. We were free. And you can be too. You can be more of a disciple, more of a follower, closer to Jesus than ever before. See, at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' great teaching, Jesus said there are two kinds of people. He said there are those who build their lives on the rock and are saved when hard times hit. And there are those who build their lives on sand who are washed away. I always like to ask people, according to Jesus, what is the difference between these two groups? And when I do ask that question, you know, the, those who build their lives on the rock and those who build their lives on the sand, most people don't actually see what it says. 
Some often say, well, one was wise and the other were fools, which is true, but, but what did they do that made them wise? Oh, they say, I know what made them wise. One group built their life on Jesus and the other one didn't, which is kind of true too, but it's not what the text actually says. Let's have a look at what Matthew 7, 24 and 26 say. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish, like a person who builds a house on the sand. What's the difference? Both hear the words of Jesus. One obeys. Both sit at Jesus' feet and listen. Both hang on his every word. And both may acknowledge that he is great. But only the wise people make the commitment to do what he teaches. The tragic end to the story of my friend at Pack and Save, who knew the meaning of life, was that he couldn't live it. Two years later, I heard the very sad news that his life had ended in tragic circumstances far from God. This is your call to action. Your call to do more than ever before to see Christ transform your life. You can sit in church and say you want to be transformed by Christ. Well, if that is the case, don't be a fool. Be wise. Determine to commit yourself to all that he has taught you and to become more like him. Do you, are you willing to go on that journey this year? Do you want to see that happen in your life? Do you want to see yourself move forward? Well, then let's go there together. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.